The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. <laughs> there you go. That's the magic. So here you are. I was really enjoying listening to your and everybody at Realm Network. We thank you for listening, brand family. Uh, as you know, that some of the terms have changed now. So we have to do just a reader's digest, a short attention span podcast, which is probably <laughs> better for most of you assholes because you're not listening until the end anyway. That being said, our beautiful guest today, and what you have, you have different gimmick names. Let's hear them all, please, from your mouth. Oh my God. Like I, I go by Lefisto. My nickname is The Wounded Al, but in the past, I've been Lucifer, Precious Lucy. <laughs> Precious Lucy was actually given to me by the Mountie. He changed my name uh, on a show without telling me. I just opened up a newspaper and I was like, oh, that, I guess that's me. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Isn't that crazy? Oh. And you have a good attitude about that, right? Because like I'm doing some projects right now and there's all this legal and they sent over like a little clip and said, can you identify if this is your band song? And um, if you want us to use it, we're going to have to send over, you know, a clearancing for licensing and whatnot. And like I was in the car and I listened to it and it was like <laughs> some weird muffled stuff. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I guess they like overdubbed something and then when i got home i listened to it and it was my song it was our song but then they put a bunch of yeehaw country fiddles and a different key over the top and i was just like you know and then i just thought well, who cares i got paid it's airing it doesn't matter some people get up in arms about things like that how do you deal with things when you just like okay well i guess that's me is that how you were were you mad did you care um I, I like to have some sort of control because I've, you know, most of the stuff I did, I did by myself, whether it's my, my, my t-shirts or my, yeah. I designed my own website. I'm, I'm actually a graphic and multimedia designer. So I, I control a lot of things like even my DVDs. Um, first thing I do is I email the promoters, like, can I have this match? Do you mind if I use it on the DVDs? Like, no, you can use it. And then I create the stuff myself, which helps. Uh, and lately I've, I've just like, uh, trademarked my name. Cause I was like, there's some people trying to use it. <laughs> so I was like, no, um, like I want to make sure that whoever I, I, I wrestle that I do have some control over the name. That's my God. I have this name since 2003 now. So it's like, I'm, I'm, it's mine. And so I wanted, I just wanted to make it official and I'm just waiting on the last few things. Everything's been paid. That's expensive, <laughs> but really I'm going to own my name. Yeah. It's really expensive. And then you have to think about, do you really want to go after all of the people that are messing with your name? And that takes time. And you just want to like drop, kick them all and tell them to go <laughs> find a new gimmick to steal. You know what I mean? I'm looking, I'm looking at your shirts now on pro wrestling And of course you're, your website is just, it's lufisto.com, L-U-F-I-S-T-O.com. And I mean, these designs are awesome. So you didn't, did you have help? Did you do it yourself? Like you said, you're, I was so blown away that you are a graphic designer. And do you know Karen Tran by any chance in this business? No. <laughs> you don't know her? 
she is also like this incredible graphic designer and she was on the show a few times ago and like just and I was like, oh, yeah, a graphic designer. And then, like, I saw, like, what she designed. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling... Because I designed, too, for a long time. She, like, created the Straight out of Compton logo. And I'm like, all oh, right, nice. I'm going to yeah. sit back here and just <laughs> take some notes, bitch. But I'm looking at your shirts. And there are so many different shirts. Like, who came up with all these? Guys, these are really badass. Like, who came up with these designs? Because I wouldn't... Eat- I think the the true trick i guess uh, the beauty in designing is if i don't know who the hell you are if i don't know who lufisto or goldilocks band is i would buy the shirt just because it's badass and it's cool and i cannot see one you got the japanese gimmick you've got like just all these cool shirts did you get help did you do it some did some of them i got some friends that um most, like i would say three quarters of my shirt i i designed myself i like I used to have more of a Japanese anime gimmick, so everything was like revolving around that. But now, since it's more, um, I'm more like my usual self, and I'm a metalhead. I, I love heavy yes. metal since I'm like three years old, and so I love my T-shirts to look like a heavy metal band shirt because it looks cool, even if you're not into wrestling. You got some fans sometimes that they bring family and they're like there for the first time and they see it's just like that shirt's so cool. Not necessarily big wrestling fans, but they're gonna buy it because they think the design is cool. So I got a few of my designer friends that sometimes I just go, hey, can you make one for me? Because um, I like to try different styles because if it's always me, it might end up not necessarily looking the same way. But sometimes you know there's things that look the same so i'm like hey can you design something for me and i have one that i call the illuminati <laughs> and it's one of my friends james frazier who's a great uh, comic designer really? he did for me and like it's it's like an owl but he made it it, it looks like an Ill, illuminati like kind of design <laughs> kind of weird and it's it's beautiful so yeah most of the time it's me but i like i'm cool with Hey, can you just do something for me? You might come up with something awesome. And like the last two shirts I got, same thing. I got someone else to do it for me. Uh, Hoff the Dead did one for me. And one of my friends here in, in Quebec, Claude, uh, Claude Maloon, he's pretty good too. So he did one with an owl that says Wounded Owl in red. It's really cool. So yeah, I'm it. a designer, but I love, you know, um, have the input of another designer so I can have something different. I love all of these and you've got gimmicks above two for one and you are just a gorgeous woman. And I was so, I, I guess like happy to hear that you have your 25th, you know, this is your 25th year in, in wrestling. And like, that just says a lot and speaks volumes and shows your dedication. And I, I interview a lot of like, you know, kids and it's great, but it's nice to see like a chick that's a woman who's been doing this that can bring so much to the table. I think there's so much, no matter if you're into metal or wrestling or whatever, but there's just grace that you get the older that you get in patience and, and wisdom. And, you know, as much as I like the way I like the way I looked when I was in my twenties, but I like the way that I look now, you know, and I like what I know now, even more. Uh, definitely the- like <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, I'm like, that, that's the, <laughs> or, or the other one. And I always say is like, God, I'm too old for this shit. No, the things that You're I would not. do when I was younger. And now I look, I look at wrestling differently. Um, growing up, it was more like about proving people wrong because I was often the only girl 
and it was about uh, I'm gonna take this shot and I'm gonna wrestle this person and just to prove I could do it. Now I look at it more as a telling a story. I like to tell a story within the match. I like that my character it, it, it is closer to me now because it feels more natural with the Japanese anime. It was fun. It was cute, but. My God, was it far away from what I am on a daily basis? I'm more of somebody who's quiet. And like I said, very, like I play guitar. I used to be in a band. And it's really, now it's definitely, like you say, there's a wisdom that comes with time that you can't get. You can learn. Like in wrestling, every match is a learning process. Every time you sit down with somebody who's better than you, you'll get that knowledge and you'll be better but there's nothing more um at least to me convincing than actually being there and see like with the 25 years i've seen so many things change like just people talk about the women's revolution evolution whatever but it's not a thing that happened in the last 10 years like i see this thing over 25 years and even before um the Vivian Vachon, the Mildred Burke, and I always believe if you want to know where you're going, you got to know where you came from. So I try to see who was there before me and who did what so I, I can appreciate the fact that it was really hard to get where we're at now. And now I feel everything is so easy for the girls, but it's there was some dirty work to be done and it has been done. There's still more work to do. But now I see like there's hope, like there's, there's more hope every day. Like recently, Mickey James joining NWA and she has that vision of what women's wrestling, you know, she called it empower too. So my God, night and day from before and today. So definitely the wisdom, a lot smarter than I used to be. There's things that I wouldn't do um, that I did back then that I wouldn't do today if I knew. <laughs> how, how it would make me feel later I took some crazy bumps and I took some I did death matches and stuff and when when it happens like oh you everybody's like cheering for you and it's so cool but then 10 years later <laughs> you feel it and it's like mm, that was stupid <laughs> Francine Queen Queen of Extreme Francine will tell a similar <laughs> story like that and I you know, you won't say it and you don't have to say it, but like, I, I don't know, I guess I take a little offense to like how easy the women have it these days. And they didn't, I'm not trying to be a bitch and I'm not trying to be a pisser. I'm just saying like, at least, uh, give a nod or, you know, show favor or like when I do something on stage, I'll say right where I'm getting it from. I'll say what mm -hmm. artist came up with it, or this reminds me of so-and-so doing this on this tour or that, or just give a nod somewhere so that you're not acting like I thought of all of this stuff. And it's like, when I look back to, you know, what, what, what did you just, what was, what's her real name? I think of Alexis, but what's no Genevieve, Mickey James, <laughs> Mickey James. You know, Mickey I look, James. I look back to Alexis, Lurie or whatever the hell they call yeah, her. Yeah, Alexis Lurie on the end. Yeah, and, and it was like she was real green, you know, and, and a mess just running around good, but she didn't know what was cooking and she made her way just like, I mean, she made her way more than I did. I got fired or I would have still been around. Who knows what I would be doing? Maybe I would be wrestling more than I was just here and there running around backstage, getting a bump, taking something. You know, I, I 
there was just so much to be pioneered. And like, especially with TNA, it was just very, very wild, wild west. And some of the people listening were pissed and emailed the other day and said, you know, they were talking about the first day of TNA and they were mentioning all these people, Goldie, and they didn't mention you. And I'm like, well, they we, you were there. I'm like, yeah, I was pretty much there. I was not only there, I was shooting photos. I was doing the graphic design for all of the records that I never saw a penny of any money from, even though my songs were on it, my ass was on the back cover. Literally, I was in the hotel room. Like, what should I put on the back of this? I don't know, I'll just put on a thong and oh my God. take a picture and then I flip phone and like uh, email it to myself and like put like a weird mosaic on it so you can kind of tell it's an ass. And okay, well, that's good. You know, like, you know what I mean? And, and you do all this work and it's like, and then you see all these these girls just show up and it's like they've got like the most incredible makeup artists to help them and they, you know, elite photographers and graphics to make them look like they're bigger than life and you, I, I look at sometimes at the cover shows we do and they're just like so bare bones, girl. They're just like a hole in the wall, you know. And then I think if we were to be the same people with the same songs that night transplanted onto this big stage with pyro and a front of house and sound people in the back that are just making you sound great and tracks and blah, blah, blah. Like it's so different. And so many girls, pop singers, like if they didn't have all of the help they would be absolute shit where I defer and go back to 25 years to a young Lefisto or to Mickey James when she was raw. And there was still something there that if there was no shine or polish at all, you would still say, what's that? It might be a little rough around the edges, but what is that? So what happened for you as a little girl that made you wanted to get into wrestling? Um, I was watching it. I was playing uh, in a band and my drummer was like, you got to see this guy. He buries people. <laughs> he was talking about The Undertaker. So I started watching because of him because I was like so impressed with the whole thing, the way he wrestled, the way the way he moved his character and that he was building caskets. But through him, that's when I discovered Medusa versus Bull Nakano. And really? I'm like, wow, they can go. That's different because the I had seen women's wrestling before, but it was more of the typical women, you know, hair pulling and stuff. But then they were doing suplexes on the head and Bull was jumping from the top rope. And my God, Medusa's germining like this big woman. And I'm like, wow, this is impressive. And through that, uh, back then it was tape trading. <laughs> right now we have everything on YouTube. But we would, um, my friend would order VHS from collectors or whatever. And I discovered Japanese wrestling and um, with women like Manami Toyota and Akira Kudo was the one that really like, I'm like, oh God, she is so violent. And it's, I didn't know women could do that. And I'm like, I want to be like her. <laughs> really? So, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, there's a specific match from 93 and her and um, um, what I always forget the name of the other lady. Um, Kendori. And the first spot, she knocks out the other girl, takes a while before she gets up, and then <laughs> Akira's arm's almost broken, and then they get into a fight that is not pretty, and then it becomes bloody, but I was like, wow, what is that? <laughs> and yeah, I think from that moment, that's when I'm like, I want to be a wrestler, but I want to be like them. I want to show that women can be as 
vicious and violent and different and better than the guys. And you, it said that you, you said it, it's been said somewhere. It's said that you pretty much pioneered like wrestling with the guys. Well, back then there was no other women in my area. And we're talking, yeah, we're talking end of 97. And I was always wrestling the same people. It's funny because I started to put like all my matches online because people were asking for uh, my wrestling history. And then I was like, oh, I wrestled the same person, the same person, the same person. And I was getting so bored and um, bored. And also because to be better, you got to wrestle people who are better than you. And if you wrestle the same person all the time, who's at the same level, you won't. You won't step up. You won't push your limits. And Isn't that interesting. And and I, you said something earlier in the interview too that pertained to that, and just about like learning. You've got to be around people that are better, and you've got to be coachable and teachable. And so many of the great wrestlers that I've spoken to and that are my friends, they just said when I was working with my mentor when I was being trained when we were driving around in cars to shitty matches. It's like you just shut up you've got i think kurt hennig was telling um lenny lane you know you've got two ears and one mouth so just shut your mouth and open your ears and and listen and learn and you once you get your ego off to the side and really and this is for people i like that are watching that have regular quote jobs and aren't you know wrestlers and independent contractors like don't be intimidated by somebody that's better than you. Like, do do everything you can to learn from them. Don't be creepy about it. Like, don't just copy them and steal. Let them know, like, I'm really impressed by you. And I would love to learn from you. And if, if there's something that I can do for you, can I get your dry cleaning for you? Or can I run to lunch and get you something? Or clean up something for you? Or whatever it is that you've got to do if you can't afford to just hire a mentor. Like, let people know that you're impressed with what they're what they're doing and learn, learn every chance you get and here. We're look, listening to Lefisto and wrestling, you know, you wrestle on the same mother truckers over and over. Like you're not <laughs> going to grow from that. No. And I'm from that generation where, yeah, it was listen and shut up and get beat up and show me if you're tough enough for this business. And it was as hard as mentally as physically, but looking back, this is, and I was so scared of asking questions because I didn't want to bother. I didn't want people to tell me I was stupid and being the only girls like a oh, little girl don't belong here. So I was like, I got really um, scared of, I don't know, I of not belonging. I, I knew I didn't belong right away, so I felt like I, I was walking on eggshells the, the whole time. And that's one of my big regrets. And that's one thing that's so beautiful about today's generation. There's what we call the wrestling moms out there. If you're a new girl and you got all these girls who are there with so much knowledge that you, you will go ask questions and they'll say, yes, I'll help you. And they'll talk. And you got so much footage you can watch online and you can learn. And like I said, for us, it was so hard. You have to get VHS and Japan or Mexico or elsewhere because there was not that much women's wrestling. And yeah, when I started wrestling the guys, it was like, well, uh, there's no other girls because the only girl was wrestling. Stop wrestling. And they were like, oh, you're giving me a manager. And I'm like, no, I'm a professional wrestler. Like I still have that Japanese image in my head and 
Like I got so much heat for that. I said, who do you think you are? Just be a manager. No, this is girls don't do that. And I got stretched and punched and my nose is not crooked for nothing. Like I've gotten punched. I'm laughing now, but I was crying a lot back then. But I just wanted to make sure that no, I'm a wrestler. So eventually I found some guys who were like, yeah, I'll wrestle you. Uh, I, I see money in there. Like it, it, it works for superheroes. It works for Batman and Catwoman. Why can't it work for us? And of course, one of the promoters was like, "Yo, uh, well, I'll wrestle you. So if I wrestle you, all the guys that I, they're working for me, they'll look stupid." And of course, when we wrestle, people went nuts, and there was almost a riot. It was like. Oh, you guys just stole the show. I'm like, well, <laughs> like there was a thing there that you didn't see because you were so like, oh, I'm a man. I can't lose to a woman or I can't get punched. Like not everybody can do intergender wrestling. There's a way to do it. It's the same thing when a smaller guys wrestle the bigger guys. There's a there's a way to do it. So it makes sense. So it's, um, you know, it's all about creating emotions and like yeah so i was i was not gonna take no for an answer like if you don't want to wrestle me i'm gonna wrestle somewhere else and that's why i i was um originally from quebec but i went to the province of ontario and i went elsewhere it's like i'm i'm gonna do all i can because i i really want to be a wrestler and i wanted to be taken seriously and i got the oh you take this too seriously so often but um i i feel that someone somewhere needed to because things would have not moved forward because they just thought yeah oh you can't wrestle girls then be a manager and that's the end of it and then i was like no <laughs> i love i love that how was wrestling in japan wrestling in japan was a little different from what i expected because when i went there in 2003 um it already a little bit died down. Some of the bigger promotions that used to fill out the Tokyo Dome and everything, they were kind of almost all dead. But I loved the training there. Uh, I already had, I had like a knee injury going there. And um, people like Mariko Yoshida, that's the best thing that I've learned in Japan. How to work with your strength and your weaknesses, hide them. And if you're injured, you can work around it. Really? Like I, I, yeah, that's I've gained so much knowledge. Lesson. No, that's let's talk about that lesson for a minute and how that can apply to to everybody out there across the board. So, what's some psychology with that 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 I could apply to my life? It was like it was more of um, you know, I was always like go go go, and I wanted to do flips and I wanted to go on top of the uh, you know the ropes and jump and stuff. But now that I had a knee injury. She was more, well, what can you do? Well, I can do submissions. I can slow down the pace. I can take more time talking to the people, looking at the people in the crowd and do the, the famous like less is more. And mm -hmm. it's you, you get less blown up. Everything means something because when you rush uh, and that's something you will do when you're really green and I was one of them because my teacher kept like telling me that slow down slow down but when you take off some of those moves and you slow down and you're just more like everything's more intricate more detailed the way you bend the arm the way you turn around the way it could be like working the camera or anything like really focus on things you think don't matter 
but they really do to make this match like complete. Um, I, I often talk about Chris Jericho when he was doing that feud with Shawn Michaels years ago. And I thought he was such a great heel because he would give a kick, then walk around, look at the crowd like they were the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> and then he would go back just one punch and then just go on the ropes and look at people again. Everything was so slow, but it made you hate him so much. Like the little things in between the moves. And then you would go on with Sean and do like some high spots and stuff and then slow down again. And then the character would be front and center again. And yeah, it's something that I wasn't noticing before Japan. And then after like these are the thing I would see watching wrestling on TV. I'm like, okay, I see what he's doing now. And since then, like I've been trying to, to do the same, like I'll still have those matches that I call super indie, depending on where the crowd is, where it's go, 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 go. But I really, I really prefer the style of wrestling that's closer to, I would say what Ring of Honor is presenting right now around like the pure championship. I really love what NWA is doing. You, you can't go wrong by going back to the basics. And that's nice. something I, I didn't, I think, not that I didn't understand, but maybe I didn't want to see, or like I, we said before, I wasn't smart enough to get it. And now I see all those details and I'm like, wow, this is, you, you can't go wrong with going back to the basics. Keeping it simple, going mm -hmm. back to basics. Um, I love all these lessons. And in the last five minutes that we have or less with you, I just want to talk about if you don't want to, it's okay. We can edit it out. But, you know, you do have it on your website that you were somebody that is a cancer survivor. What does wrestling and what it taught you, how did that help you through your cancer? Um, the, the fans gave me so much love. It's really my God. Um, so I got, I was living in the States and being a, a permanent resident, but not a citizen. I couldn't get any help to pay my bills at all. There was nothing I can do. So I ended up with around $10,000 of bills. And the fans were so like, I didn't want to have, I didn't want to have a go fund or anything to pay my bills, but and I was still wrestling just a few days before going into surgery to get everything removed. But the fans were, I remember one, one guy at Beyond Wrestling and he's like, I'm going to take that shirt. And I'm like, here, that's 20 bucks. And then he gives me a bunch of money and I look at it. It's like, oh, well, you have too much. Said, no, no, no. It's for you. It's for your bills. And he gave me like $250. Yeah. And little things like that, like even people sending money to my PayPal and you've broken your body for us for so long. Let us help you. And I was like, I, yeah, I get choked up. And the, yeah, even, I, I even, am listening to you. Even shimmer. They, um, Dave Frazak, he did an auction where some of the girls had some of their wrestling gear and stuff. And they, they raised like a thousand or so dollars to go to my bills. And I was crying so much that day, like a baby, like, I didn't want to go out, get the money. Cause I was like, I, I was embarrassed cause I'm really proud and I want to do things myself, but I was so like deeply, like I felt blessed and grateful. And I'm like, they don't need to do this and they do. And I'm like, my God, like I, 
I've always been really focused on answering every email I got and go see the fans and talk to them. And I love them so much. And they've been my fuel to keep going for all these years. And even, like I wanted to quit in 2019 and like nobody would let me. <laughs> so yeah, the, the love, the love of the fans is, yeah, it's everything. Well, we will end this on gratitude and reminding everybody that's out there listening to take a moment in your day to find something, no matter how shitty it is or how much you feel like you're spinning. There's always something to be grateful for and look for that and look for the gifts like those people. Those were big gifts that they were giving. There's small things even at work for people like somebody did something kind for you or complimented you or left something better for you than it was before you got there. So, you know, really look for that gratitude. And if you're having shit going on in your relationships or this and that, take some advice from Lefisto and go back to the basics and see how they did it before all of this crazy social media and all this noise, which can work in your favor, but sometimes it's just overwhelming and too much. Go back to the way things used to be. Or if you're a millennial watching this, look up what things used to be like when it was a VHS tape and you had to like (laughs) rewind and be kind and you actually had to plan and you just, you know, things weren't a swipe to the left and a casual Google search. Like you really had to like make the commitment to find the sketchy place to buy the tape from or the DVD or whatever it's evolved into. You really had to be very... uh, very um what's the word i'm looking for it's not conscious it's like when you really are i think of a gay couple adopting a kid like they have to be very blank to do this like they're thinking about it all the time it's not just like no gay couple is like having an accident like me like very planned i don't know there's another word like that that's like planned it's a commitment it's a commitment it is it is it's if when you're a parent like and you want to be a parent it's it's something it's a calling it's in you like it's, it's in you, no matter what, um, you know, the obstacles, if you want to be a parent or if you want to be a professional wrestler, that's how I feel with wrestling. It's been, it's what more than, be? it's not a dream to me. It's, it was my calling. Like my mom is a nurse and for her, it's, it's her calling. Even retired, she's still helping people. <laughs> this has been Goldie's Closet episode I think, God, 122. Realm Network, Vince Russo's brand. This is our guest, Lufisto. Lufisto.com. So many beautiful things on that site. Go check her out. Give her a follow at at Lufisto on Twitter or Wounded Out Lufisto on Instagram. Sounds great. Lady, thank you so much for everything. And at the end, we always clap. So let me see you clap. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Just doing the daily check-ins on Patreon. Wanted to wish you the greatest start to your week. Come on over to Patreon. We're doing a lot of customized love. Just want to make sure everybody's getting the attention that they need and deserve, and that's merited. We still want to come by on regular social media platforms and say thank you so much for being here, both for me and for the band. Love you, and as always, stay golden.